Welcome to the Entrepreneur to Employer podcast. I'm your host, Brian Montez, founder of Scalosity Works and the Entrepreneur to Employer coaching and membership community. So congratulations is in order. If you've built a successful freelance business that has grown to the point where you need to hire, you have achieved a huge milestone. If you're already past the point of making your first hire and your team is now growing, well, congratulations is in order to you as well. So regardless of where you are with scaling your team and your business, whether you're at employee number one or employee number 100, this podcast focuses on everything related to people operations. We'll cover best practices, strategies, and solutions to help you build a sustainable and scalable business that is fueled by great people and a great culture. So if you're enjoying listening to this Entrepreneur to Employer podcast, please subscribe, give us a like, and give us a review. Your feedback will help us grow this podcast, and we'll be able to positively impact more employers to help them build better work environments. Well, welcome back to another episode of the Entrepreneur to Employer podcast. I'm your host, Brian Montez. I'm the founder of Scalosity Works, a full-service HR management and payroll company. Now, I know your time is valuable, and I really do appreciate you taking the time to listen to this podcast. Every time you tune in to the Entrepreneur to Employer podcast, you can expect to learn actionable insights to help you build a business that is worthy of a Best Places to Work award. So as you go through the Entrepreneur to Employer journey with us, I will help sharpen your skills on how to recruit, hire, and onboard the best people for your company, how to design training systems that work, how to establish proactive HR systems that will lower your business risk, how to improve employee performance, how to enhance employee experience, how to lead your team through good times and bad, and how to tie your people operations into your financial metrics and milestones. So if you're ready to build a best places to work business, let's get started. Today, I am going to talk about a question that I received from a business owner. And that question was, my new employee who has only been with me for five days is absolutely terrible. Should I fire them and move on? Now, that's a real question that I got from a business owner that had just hired this new employee. Five days in, and the rails had already come off of this whole employee-employer relationship. The business owner was unhappy, the new employee is unhappy, and we're at a stalemate. The problem is that if this doesn't get fixed quickly, the labor and employment risk to that business grows substantially. So what do we do? What I'm going to convey in this particular episode It's an insight into my process. It's an insight to what we do. It's a behind the scenes of how we help business owners, entrepreneurs, hiring managers, business leaders build better work environments. And let's face it, it happens. We make bad hires. We've all done it. I've done it. We have to face the music when that happens. But without a formalized hiring process, without a system in place, the chances of making a bad hire go up tremendously. And the challenge that you have is, on its face, I could tell this business owner, yes, you can fire this person because you're in California and this is an at-will state. If your business and that employee is in a state that is at-will, yes, you can fire them without cause. But understand this, just because you think they're terrible and you want to fire them from their job a few days in, doesn't mean you don't have legal liability. It doesn't mean they can't go get an attorney and sue you for wrongful termination. Whether it's a legitimate claim or not, they still have the right to do that. 
So why not take the time to de-escalate risk by having an HR system in place? So what we're going to talk about is the process that flowed from this question of, my employee's been on for five days, she's doing terrible, can I fire her? And the process is multi-step, and I'm going to walk you through each step, and then I'm going to circle back, and we're going to talk about what happened with each step and the questions I asked and how we got from A to Z. So when this question came up, first thing I wanted to do is I wanted to seek to understand why the business owner wasn't happy with this new employee. Once he answered, I had follow-up questions. And then, of course, I got response to those follow-up questions. Then, with permission, I dug in deeper. I needed to peel that onion back further to start to understand his hiring process. Because this is not an existing client. So I have not worked with this company. I don't know them very well. So I don't have any reference points in which to work from. Then, I gave an honest assessment of the situation. From there... The next step is that conversation of how do we fix this immediate situation? And then from there, coaching him through how you manage this moving forward. And last but not least, what to do if this still doesn't work out. Let's go through the process. So step one was me taking the time to seek to understand why the business owner was unhappy with this new employee. The business owner told me this, and just for some context, this was a digital ad agency And this person had been hired to be an account manager, meaning that they were going to handle clients and be the primary touch point between the designers, the developers, everybody working on that account and the client. So they really are a project manager. They have to be a strong communicator. They have to be able to work with their internal team. They have to be able to communicate with the client, work with them. So it's it's definitely a client-facing customer service-focused position. So the first thing that the business owner told me was her resume stated she had five years of account management experience, but he also told me that her first client call was a complete disaster. So much so that the client called the owner and told them that they did not want to ever work with her again. This is just after one call. He also told me that she didn't know how to use Zoom. She fumbled on the calls and that she acted unprofessionally on the call. Now, mind you, this was her first week. And she'd only had two customer calls. So this, all of this unfolded after just two customer calls. So step two, my follow-up questions. I asked, okay, you said she's got five years of experience. That's great. But during your hiring process, how did you validate the competency and skill set during the recruitment process? Isn't it possible that somebody with one year of experience could be much better suited, had been more successful in that role, had developed a deeper skill set? right? Just because somebody has five years of experience on their resume doesn't automatically qualify them. The next question I asked is during that recruitment process, did you seek to understand what technology stack she was familiar with? Did you ask, great, you've got five years of experience. What technology are you familiar with? What did you use at your last job? What technology do you use when you're not working? Did you seek to understand what technology she was familiar with? During the hiring process, I asked, did you walk her through your tech stack? Did you tell her, hey, we use this CRM, we use Zoom, we use this, we use that? Did you go through that? Then I asked the business owner to define for me what unprofessional meant, right? In his eyes, what is unprofessional? And do you have a standard established for this within your company? Step three is I get the response to all those questions from the business owner. So on the question of the five years of experience and whether or not competency was validated. 
He said, well, I just kind of accepted the information on her resume at face value. She said she had five years of experience. I knew who the company was. They were reputable. I figured she was good at her job. The business owner did tell me that during the interview, this account manager did walk him through what she had done in her previous account management role. And to him, it all sounded good. But he admitted at no point in time did he ask specific questions to ascertain competency, to ascertain how she handled certain situations, to determine what her communication style was, to understand what some of her challenges were at that previous job with clients, how she worked through them. There was no conversation and dialogue to dig into competency and experiences. So it sounds to me like it was a very surface level conversation. Regarding the question about the technology stack, he admitted, I didn't ask her what technology she'd used before. She just told me she was great with technology and that was good enough for me. And then the last piece about the professionalism and having him define unprofessional, the response I got was, I know what professional and unprofessional behavior is, and her behavior did not meet my standard. She wasn't prepared for the call. She was fumbling around with the Zoom settings, couldn't get it unmuted. The client had to sit on the other end of that camera and wait a couple of minutes while she got the settings correct. She didn't even give a proper introduction once the audio came on. She just jumped right into her questions. To this business owner, that was all unprofessional behavior. With that feedback, my next step was I asked for permission. I asked for permission to ask more questions because I needed to dig deeper now. Now that I see some of the challenges and lack of systems in this hiring process, I needed to peel that onion back further and start from the beginning of his hiring process. So I asked a series of questions. Can you show me your detailed job analysis for this role? Can you show me your job posting? Can you show me your defined interview question set and your hiring process roadmap? Can you show me your internal job description? Can you show me your defined onboarding process? And can you show me a two-week new hire training plan? Other than the job posting, which doubled as a job description, there were no other systems in place. So my next step, is to give him an honest assessment of the situation from my perspective and from my experience. And I told him, this new account manager was set up to fail. Experienced or not, a formal onboarding training is vital to show that new account manager the processes and SOPs of your company. No matter how experienced a new hire is, there is always a learning curve into a new company, even if it's the exact same industry always going to be a learning curve. And if you don't lay the foundation when that new employee starts, you're already failing at their onboarding. And the reality is, had a more rigorous hiring system been in place, this company might have been able to determine during the interview process if this was truly the right candidate for the role. So my suggestion was, let's give this new employee the benefit of the doubt and let's reset the foundation. And there's two reasons why I give this recommendation. One, it's just the right thing to do. This person either resigned from their other company or needed a job. They accepted a job here. And so they are relying on having that job. Now, granted, they have to meet the standards. They have to perform, et cetera. But regardless, they made a commitment to start this new job. So let's give them the benefit of the doubt and reset that foundation. And the second reason why I make this recommendation, because if you reset the foundation and start working with this person and you can establish whether or not they are right for the role, 
Now you're starting to reduce your risk because if you do have to let them go, you will have facts behind the decision that will substantiate the decision. If he were to let her go today on she's just not working out, that type of termination increases your risks from a labor and employment standpoint. So how do we fix this immediate situation? First, I told him, have her stop talking to actual clients, take her off the phones. She never should have been on the phones in week one with clients. I know companies that have account manager positions and their internal training process, their new account managers, they go through at least a hundred calls that are already recorded as training. They spend a hundred calls shadowing, right? They spend a tremendous amount of time behind the scenes learning how the call should go, what the scripts are, how the communication style needs to be before they ever get released to talk to a client by themselves. In this situation, this account manager was talking to clients on day two. So I told him, do not ever continue talking to actual clients, pull her off the phones. Next, draft up an internal JD job description and be very clear on the hard skills required and the soft skills, break them out. Identify which skills the new employee may be missing and determine if a skills gap training is the solution. Next, redo two out of your three onboarding buckets. You've done the administrative onboarding already, but now let's go back and let's re-onboard her. Spend time going through your company's tech stack. Make sure she understands all the technology tools that you use. Give her training on those particular components, even if she's used them before. Go over them and make sure she has full access to the tech tools she needs to do her job. And then the third bucket of onboarding, spend time with that account manager on your culture, going over what the training is going to look like, and set the expectations. Next, review the final internal JD with the account manager. Sit with her and go over every aspect of that internal job description. Make sure there's a mutual understanding of the skills that are required, the skills that are currently available, and discuss any skills gaps that are there and the plan to close those skills gaps. And last but not least, in that internal review with your account manager, make sure you agree on what the definition of job success is. You as the business owner, you as the hiring manager, you need to communicate, this is what job success looks like. When you achieve this, this, and this, you are on the road to success. And then the last component to fixing this immediate situation, roll out a 10-day training, right? Five days in the work week, 10 days, that's two weeks. Support this account manager with a 10-day training program to set the foundation. What does that look like? What are you going to train her on over the next 10 days? It's going to be a combination of assigning her to your best account manager so that she can shadow her or him. It's going to be some self-study time, right? Time listening to archived recorded calls, good ones and bad ones. It's going to be self-study time going over SOPs, looking at scripts. So that 10-day training roadmap, you've got shadowing, you've got self-study. And for this type of role where you're client-facing and heavy customer service, I suggested a role-playing segment. Have her take internal client calls and work through a variety of scenarios before you have her go live with actual clients. And what I mean by internal client calls, it's role-playing. There's a coworker on the other end, that new account manager jumps on, and they go through simulated calls to get her comfortable with the flow. Next, the question is, how do I manage this process moving forward? Four steps to managing this after you've reset the foundation. 
One, measure and monitor progress daily. Provide your new account manager with actual feedback daily and see if she's able to get better each and every day. Be brutally honest with her about the progress that she's making or progress that she's not making. Measure performance with facts and not emotion and document, document, document. And last but not least, the question comes up, what do I do if this doesn't work out? If I do all this work and she still does not work out? Again, we've all made bad hires in the past. It happens. Make sure that you are documenting the performance along the way. Be able to factually show that this new account manager is not progressing, not meeting the expectations, and falling short of the agreed-upon job description. Continually reassess yourself and your team and make sure that you, as an employer, are doing everything you can to help that account manager succeed. And then ultimately, you just need to make a decision. If they are truly falling short of the agreed-upon job description, if they are not taking the coaching that you're giving them and implementing it and getting 1% better every day, if they are continuing to fall short and just don't have the skills for the job, then you need to make a decision. And that decision will probably be to let them go. But as you go through that process, you can look back at it and say, okay, we got off to a rough start, but we course corrected. As an employer, we course corrected. We put things in place to help her succeed. We established training. We reviewed the job description. We worked to make sure we were on the same page. We as an employer did everything we could to help this person succeed. This just isn't the job for them. And trust me, as an employer, when you do that, you can sleep better at night because you have done everything you can to create an environment of success. At the end of the day, if you have a hiring system and a methodology in place, you will increase the chances of making great hires. When we don't do this, all we do is set people up to fail. So hopefully you have gotten an understanding of why it is so important to have HR systems in place. Now, the HR systems are there to help us execute. Doesn't mean that problems won't arise. Doesn't mean that there won't be gray areas in what we have to do when it comes to our people operations. But when we put systems in place, we have a framework in which to work with. And that framework becomes our roadmap. And it does, over time, allow us to decrease bad decisions and increase success. So that concludes today's Entrepreneur to Employer podcast. Hopefully, I've given you some stuff to think about in terms of your hiring systems and taking the time to really put a solid foundation in place. If you like this podcast, do me a huge favor. I would love for you to leave a review. Let me know what you think. Are you getting value? Are you getting actual insights out of this podcast? I will definitely read that review. And if you've got feedback on what else you'd like to hear or what we could do better, we'd love to hear that too. And if there's anybody that you feel could benefit from the Entrepreneur to Employer podcast, I'd really appreciate if you would share that with them. Just grab the link, send it over to them and say, hey, Entrepreneur to Employer podcast, great content here. I think you should hear it. My goal is to reach as many business owners, as many entrepreneurs as I can out there and help them build work environments that are worthy of that best places to work reward. That wraps up for this week. Thank you for joining me. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Entrepreneur to Employer podcast today. We have a free resource for you. Download our free workbook with the 18 questions that a transitioning entrepreneur to employer needs to ask and answer before making that first hire. The link to your free resource is in the show notes. 
And last but not least, subscribe to this podcast and give us a review. The more we grow this entrepreneur to employer community, the more we can make sure that Mondays, or any day of the week for that matter, don't suck.